pot love. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. I'll take it. Crock pot love. Well, no, and that is, I mean, it's, it is, you know, well, we'll, why don't you go there? We'll try to get Thessalonians today. We've been wanting to get there for about two weeks. (laughs) But go to uh, Philippians, please. And again, this has been privately when I wake early. This is my prayer for myself. This is my prayer for each and every one of you uh, that the Lord has put on my heart. I'd invite you to join me in praying this prayer over yourself and over your family and over our church family, uh, over people that you have influence in their life. Again, I said last week, you know, in my studies, and my studies are limited. I don't know everything that's in the scriptures, but in the studies that I have done over the years, I've discovered seven prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed for the churches that he planted. And here is one of the prayers over the church in Philippi. And it says in chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. Amen. Can we just pray that? Let's say, Lord, Lord, help me abound in love more and more. And that's that whole idea of, I like it, crockpot love. Amen. Because many times we think of abounding as, well, I need to do it quick. Right? I need to to double my my money fast. I need to double my investment. How quick can I double? How fast can I go? And this here about abounding, it's it's a word that's a super abound, to be super abundant, to go above and beyond what is normal. Is what Paul says. But guys, that's a, that's a lifelong process. Amen. That's a lifelong process. But how do we abound more and more in love towards one another is we are long in spirit with each other. Amen. Can I say that again? How do you abound in love with people? You are long in spirit. Can we just say that? Let's say, say, I am long in spirit. It's that New Testament word that was long-suffering. Anybody ever heard that? Now, if you grew up in church like I did, uh, they said long-suffering was what happened when your mama would spank you, right? That was long-suffering, right? Because she took her time, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and, um, but know that it's that same word, long-suffering. We could say it like this, long-patience, long-love, Right? Another phrase that we'll look at, if you'll, you'll, you'll kind of go to the right here in Philippians, a couple of pages. I believe it's over to chapter 4. Mm, oh, man. Lord Jesus, got to underline that. I don't have a pen. Anybody got a marker? I need something. I need a... I'll take the brother's highlighter here. Thank you. This Bible's still learning how to teach. So when I... It's a new one. So when I find something, I got to write it down. But let's start here, and, and this is okay this morning. Y'all pray and believe with me. We've already totally departed from where I thought we'd go. So let's see what happens here. But, and now I'm being a kleptomaniac, and I'm stealing Brother Doug's pen. So. Um, but here, look at uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Paul again, same church, says, Therefore, my beloved, man, my beloved and, what's that next phrase? Longed for. Longed for. You know, we're talking in this series about who is God put in your heart? 
Who has God put in your heart? Who has God placed in your heart? And I do believe God has put people in each and every one of our hearts. I think that includes individuals. I think that includes the obvious people, our families, our church family. But I also think it includes demographics, nationalities, ethnicities, uh, all kinds of stuff. Who has God placed in your heart? But how will you know who those people are? And it's right here. Look at what Paul says. My beloved and longed for. Who do you long for? Who are the people in your life that you, do you have people in your life that you long for? Can can I go to meddling right off the bat just real quick? Is that all right? Y'all let me do that. You know, I've noticed in our hurried culture, we we don't have a lot of room anymore for longing for people. Mm -hmm. Right? Does that make sense? You know, we have folks that we'd kind of like to see if there's enough time. Right. I hope to squeeze you in. Hope to make opportunity. Hope this happens. Hope that, you know. But listen, here Paul says, man, for the I long for you. We're going to look at that. Who do you long for? Do you long for people? Right. Many times again, and part of this series is to help us in another attack, attack self-centeredness and selfishness, Right. If I'm not longing for somebody, it's probably because I'm just longing for me. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I need me time. And- I need me. We have, we have it in our culture, right? I need some me time. Which, please hear me. There's soul care, yes, right? I understand, you know, hey, I grow up in a busy house. You know, where there's a whole, we're all stacked. Y'all been to my house? We got people hanging up like cordwood, right? I mean, we got <laughs> males and, you know, ain't nobody had a, ain't nobody had their own room in like forever, right? I mean, <laughs> Right? I mean, it's so funny. I started, by the way, it's our anniversary tomorrow, for those who want to know. Yay! 24 years for Selena. Now, that's why I shaved. I shave every year for our anniversary. That's why I grow a beard every year and I shave every year just for her because it's the way I got her to go out with me the first time. Right? Because I had a goatee and she kind of was testing the waters. She says, Well, you know, when I first met you, you were clean shaven. You looked better clean shaven. I went home real quick and shaved. And she went out with me and every year for myself, and I, she doesn't even know I do this, but I do this for myself just to remind myself, I'll do anything to go and spend one more time with you. I'll do anything. I'll change it. I'll do whatever it takes, right? Just to have one opportunity with you, right? Because that's what Jesus did with us, right? Amen. That's what. But do you long for people like that? And the challenge is, is if I don't have people in my life I long for, I'm probably just longing for me. I'm probably just all filled with bread. Come on now, can I? Of course, we have to fight against it, right? It seeps in. It's everywhere. It's everywhere, right? Amen. It's the whole, it's, uh, you know, what is that old, old song, Date Myself, the cat in the cradle and the silver, you know, and, and all that stuff. And, and the dad's talking about, I'll be with you one day soon, son. I'll, I'll hang out one day soon. We'll get, we'll get to that one day soon. We'll do that. I got to go over here and do this one day soon. And then when the, the dad finally ages and realizes what's important and, and his heart begins to long for, he realizes, oh, it's too late. My son is just like me. Because then the son turns the song and says, one day, dad, won't that be awesome? One day, dad. 
One day we'll get to that. Don't, let's not live that way anymore. Yeah. Right? Let's not live that way when, when pe- God puts people in our heart, people into our life, and we see, man, let us be those that would, would make time. You know, you never find time. When I find time, we'll get to it. When I find, yeah, you'll never find time. Time is never found. Time is made. Does that make sense? Do you understand? See, seconds are ticking by. See, like today, you came here, you made this opportunity. Because you got up, you got ready, you chose, and you came. And you made this opportunity to be here today. See, time is made. Time is never found, right? If you're waiting to find time, you'll only lose time, right? Because you can't, you can't find it. You can only make it. Amen? Is that, is that, is that all right? Mm-hmm. Let me just ask that question. Who, who is it? Here Paul says, man, I long for you, brothers. Who is it? And then I love this. My joy and my crown. Listen to that. Who is Paul talking about? Come on, help me out. The Philippians. Is he, is he talking about his ministry? Is, is, come on now. Is, is he talking about some event? Nope. Right? What's he talking about? People. Listen, if you see this over and over again, Paul says, he says, you, the Philippian people, you, you are my joy. You are my crown. Guys, remember, that's the same thing with us. Only people can be our joy and crown. Our job will never be our joy and crown, right? Our careers, businesses, opportunities, whatever. None of that will ever be a joy and a crown. Do you understand that these very natural things, they are not the treasure Jesus talked about we'll take with us to heaven. The only treasure we'll take to heaven with us is people, That is it. There's only two things that are eternal on this planet. The word of God and the hearts of men. They're the only two eternal treasures. Everything else is temporary. Everything else will go away. Everything else will be consumed in fire and burn up. It'll be wood. It'll be hay. It'll be stubble. Everything else. Do you understand? Amen. Are you with me? Am I saying we take vows of poverty? No. Are we saying we don't do anything? We don't go to work tomorrow? No. <laughs> Kurt's like, yes, I hear that word. Lord. Yes. Does that? No, I'm not saying we don't go to church or go to church or go to work or go to. We we go to stuff, but remember, it's it's the people that are housed in those opportunities. They're your joy and crown. Amen. It's the people that are housed in those places. Right, that's the joy, and Paul knew that. He says, "Man, you guys, you are my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, beloved." And then, is this the one? I mean, you know what? That was the Holy Ghost. I wasn't even where I was supposed to be reading. Was that all right? Which part? The Holy part? Where the Holy Ghost? I missed it, and I wasn't supposed to read that part. So the people of your career, Kevin, the people that, that go to work with you, the people in your world, wherever you find yourself, it's the people that are housed within the temporary structures of your life. They're your joy and crown. They're actually why you're there. Right? Amen. And, you, and, and you have to begin, uh, I mean, again, many of you know, man, I was going somewhere else. I'll have to figure out where I'm going later. But, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, 
you know, it's like you, many of you know, I've, I've changed kind of what I do and I'm up at the bakery, right? And there's, it's a great business opportunity. It's a great learning opportunity. I, I can see many, many ways uh, how it's already stretched me. I can look down the road a piece with the help of the Lord and I can see how it's going to stretch me even further and going to help me be a better leader for you guys, be a better leader for my family, be, be all kinds of good out of it. But I'm actually there for those people. Now more than ever, I can stand back and go, I know exactly why I'm here. And sure, there's some great peripheral stuff that's there. Again, all these opportunities. All the, but I'm there for the people that are there. That's good. And, and I can look back and go, wow, God, there's a timeliness to me coming. Mm-hmm. And, and if you'll look and watch in your life, you'll, find, you'll be amazed at how timely your appearing in people's life will be. Never just, that's a word of the Lord for somebody here today. The, your appearing on the scene of their life is in the timeliness of God. So you need to see yourself as timely. You just did not happen somewhere by happenstance. You did not just show up on the scene out of pure coincidence. You need to understand, I showed up under the timeliness of God. Hello, are you with me? Yeah. Amen. You sh- and, I'm, and it's timely. And I can say, man, God, it's timely. Yeah. And, and pay attention to that and, and, you'll, and you'll, you'll miss fewer opportunities, right? I mean, you'll miss. Yeah, does that make sense? Did I say that right? Yeah, good. Right, you'll, you'll be aware of that, right? That, and, and don't miss that because, I mean, it, it's easy. It's easy to get... Uh, busy in the occupation of the day and the work that need and it's and it's all of you and it's good work that needs to be done right amen those are good cupcakes we make up at bailey's bakery shameless plug if you haven't been mary and, and lee came this last week it was awesome if you haven't been to bailey's bakery you got to come to bailey the food is good and it's all it's time but man it's timeliness and i'm if anything else it, it's helped me as lord i go every day now and i say god i'm I'm walking into a place and I'm walking into a place where people's hearts and their souls are, are redlining, right? And I'm very aware of, of the criticalness of the hour. And, and I know this, hope, Lord, just help me. I just got to say stuff, right? I get too mm-hmm. caught up on how things, right? You have to understand the criticalness of the hour of your appearing, and I, and I want you to be very aware and, and not from an egotistical sense and not from a pride sense of because I'm awesome. But, but from the God sense that I, all I am is a, man, I'm just a red Alabama clay pot. And God said he'd, he'd pour his treasure into my clay pot. And then he would place that pot in certain spots. And so I'm very aware that I'm just, I'm just the pot. But also very aware that I carry a treasure hidden in this earthen vessel. I, I carry the answer. And, and guys, I want you to be as bold. I carry the answer of all mankind within this clay pot. So do you. I, I carry the answer of heaven. I mean, again, the man, I got a person, same people. That, it's so neat how the... I'm trying to be respectful and not name names too hard. But, you know, as God begins to pour you into people and you get a chance to pour in and you see life return, 
It's amazing. Get a text this morning and man, just God wakes me up and floors me with the song we sang today. And I mean, I'm just laying there in bed and just go, oh God, man. And then I'm seeing you guys and I'm seeing different ones of you respond at different points uh, by the spirit in that song. And I'm just, just really praying. Just say, Lord, just move them, touch them, reach in and, and, and I get up this morning and a person sends me a text and goes, and remember, all of heaven is behind what you do today. Amen. And then I'm like going, oh God. I mean, just, <laughs> you know, in just this other way. But I say that to you. Yes. Remember Amen. that all of heaven backs you up every day. Amen. All of heaven sits behind you. As a reservoir of faith and power and potential and provision. And you are literally that. You're this, this spigot of the resources of the kingdom of God. <laughs> That's who you are. And, 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 and then God says, okay, now I need you to be over here for a season. And I instantly know. Okay, I can look and I can see the faithfulness of God to the natural and go, okay, cool, God, that's amazing. But I've, I've learned to become more impressed with the people side. I've learned to become more impressed with, oh, wow, God, you put me here for these people. And then if I can, how do you abound? And then, man, I don't know. If, y'all, just, y'all pray, y'all help me. There's something God's wanting to say to you in all of this. And then I've learned here lately to when I show up to fill every space of their heart. To fill, and and, and I've learned to say, Lord, okay, God, you've brought me here to a certain space. And it's my prayer. I'll I'll pray it again tomorrow morning. I'll walk in and Lord, help me fill. Help me fill every inch of this place. Help me show up strong in this place. Help me show because remember what we said in, in Thessalonians, right? We hadn't got there. I've been trying to get there. But remember what Paul, what God said in Thessalonians, right? When Paul says to those people, he says, It pleased us like a mother with a child. It pleased us to impart unto you not just the gospel alone, but our very soul. Right? He says that. He says, it pleased. He says, Paul had this awareness as he grew. And remember, you know, Thessalonians is how Paul began his ministry. The first letters Paul wrote. So Paul, when he starts his ministry and he jumps in, he has this awareness of I am to sow two things into people's life. I'm to sow the gospel and I am to sow myself. Do you understand understand that people need you to sow you into them as much as they need you to sow the gospel into them? Y'all don't believe me. Go go to 2 Thessalonians. Maybe we'll get back to Philippians. I don't know. 2 Thessalonians, I think it's the second chapter. Is it verse 8? First 2, yeah, 2. 2, 8. Second Thessalonians. No, no. First Thessalonians. 2, 8. Oh, good. 
<laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I just got to trust you more. Man, here, listen to Paul to the Thessalonian people. And it says, verse 7, it says, But we, talking of himself and his team, listen to me, Paul imparted this into his people, his team, Titus and Timothy and Silas and those who journeyed with them, right? So, so put this into the heart of your people too, right? He says, but we were gentle among you just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. Verse 8, so affectionately, and here's that phrase, we so affectionately longing for you. There it is again. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased. Everybody say well pleased. We were well pleased to impart, and that word impart, literally it's the same word, and we'll talk about it in some future Thursday night. It's the same word used when we talk about, I'm going to touch you, say, because I know you're right, but I didn't want to scare you. But, um, <laughs> and so... Um, is, you know, it's the same word used when you laid hands on someone and you would impart healing into them. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that's why we don't pray for healing? Mm. You, you impart healing from your spirit into their body. Right? But it's the same thing Paul said to the Romans, who was a church he didn't found. Paul said to the Romans, I long to see you. I long to know you so that I might impart some spiritual gift unto you. So see, Paul had an understanding that when he got involved in people's lives, he was there to take things from himself and put them into other people. He wasn't just there hanging out. Now, he, he used hanging out as a way to impart, but he knew, I show up, I'm here to impart. Mm-hmm. If I've showed up on the scene, I'm here to take something from me and put it in somebody else. Right? You do that principally through your words. You do that next through your attitudes and finally through your actions. Right? You, you impart things into people. You actually, literally, it's a spiritual thing and you... And I've, I've learned to get good at it. Mm-hmm. I wish I could say, I don't know how to say it any better than that. Mm-hmm. It's a skill. Right? You learn, you get better at it. You learn how to do it. You learn how to do it so well, sometimes people don't even know you did it to them. Mm-hmm. Right? You learn how to do it so well, you can just, you do it. You know what you're doing. They, don't have, they just think you're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. They just think you're talking. Mm-hmm. But I'm imparting. Does that make sense? Right, but Paul said, I long, but Lucy says, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. Are, are you letting people become dear to you? Again, we, we talked about it, I'll say it again. We live in an age where we're taught to keep distance. Everybody's trying to protect themselves. Everybody's trying to protect. They don't want to get hurt. They don't want to get wounded. Right? Can again, I'll just do it again. Remember we talked about this. How many of you have been hurt in church before? How many of you been hurt? Come on, everybody should raise your hand. That's all. Congratulations. That meant you went somewhere. <laughs> Come on. Congratulations. 
That means you got close. Mm -hmm. Means you learned something. something, And that's true. But Miss Adams, I want you to know, again, and I've had to learn this, because again, we live in a time where everybody's just trying to insulate themselves. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to avoid pain. Everybody's trying to avoid discomfort. Everybody's trying to avoid this stuff. Everybody's trying to, and, and they're going to they're gonna insulate ourselves up. But again, what happens if you insulate a wire? You can't pass anything through it. No power is transmitted through an insulated wire. You have to actually strip off the insulation so that you can then connect into something and then I can pass something on. Whenever we insulate ourselves, we lose connection. We lose the point of impartation. So we have to be, does that make sense? We have to be careful with that. And so I encourage you, if you've ever been hurt, I want you to hear my voice. Congratulations. You were close enough and open enough for hurt to happen. That means you're winning. Yes, I see it. I, I, I feel like uh, some of the connection with other people has to be retaught. Yes. Because I feel like today's families are, even in the family, yes. they're so isolated. Yes. Okay, go to your room or yes. here's, your, here's your iPad. And even though we're in the same household, we're disconnected. We're we, we, they, they say, and Kurt, you're right, connection is, again, it's a skill. Again, we said it, I think, I've said this so much lately. I'm going to say it one more time. I don't know if I said it here before or not, but here it goes one more time. Do all of us good to hear it again, right? You know, Titus uh, writes a letter, or Paul writes a letter to Titus, and in that letter, Paul tells Titus, and he's talking, and I think this goes to both genders. I don't think it's gender, solely gender specific, even though he mentions, Paul mentions to Titus as a young pastor, hey, teach the older women to teach the younger women. Right, y'all remember that passage? In that same passage, he talks to men too. So this is not picking on Women Day, right? Because I mean, unfortunately, we use Titus two to beat up on women, and I wish we'd stop. And so, <laughs> because he's just talking about it can apply to any gender, right? But he says this. So I'm going to say it like this: Tell the older people they need to teach the younger people some lessons. And then he starts the list of lessons with some interesting two lessons. He says, teach them first to love their spouse. Now, again, normally I get a whole lot of, yeah, because they need some help. <laughs> if you only knew my spouse, yeah, they, 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 need, they need to learn that lesson, how to, right? So, but the next one is the one that's the mind blower, and to love their children. So in that one phrase, Paul tells us, Loving your spouse, loving your children, loving your family the way God intends does not just happen. It doesn't just come out of us. We have to be taught how to love our spouses. We have to be taught God's way of how to love our children. We have to be taught connection. God's way. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just spontaneously pour out of us. You have to be taught. So that's what part of, we're trying to get to some of the details mm-hmm. of this. But first, I got to get you to wanna, want to. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Yeah, to want to put in, the, to want to learn. And how do you do that is, okay, God, I need these people in my heart. 
As weird as it says, I have to regularly with my wife, with my children, go, Lord, you have put them in my heart. I'm aware of their place in my heart. Right? I'm aware of, does, does that make sense? My son's not in here, so I can't pick on him and make him turn red, so I'll do it <laughs> later. So anyway, but Caleb, you know, what? here's the thing with Caleb, and, and as a way of an example, and I endeavor to do this, and to teach you, is, um, you know, pray for people. I'm very aware. I talk a lot to Selena about where all my kids are. Where's everybody? That's a regular question in our coffee time, as I'll say, where, where, where's everybody at and who, and who needs me? Because she's boots on the ground day in, day out. And so many times I'll take a lot of cues from Selena. She says, oh, th- this one needs you. This one needs some time with you. This one, And I learned to say, okay, I don't argue with her anymore. Praise God. Amen. I just go, I go, yes, ma'am. All right, time. <laughs> Orders received. Let's go. But many times I'm prayerful to the Lord. Lord, who needs me? I got all these. I got a lot of people in my heart. Isn't that awesome? Can I just stop right? Put a crowd in your heart. Yeah. Can you do that, please? Just put a crowd, uh, let God, put a crowd, say, God, fill up the whole, I, I want it to be congested. I want to be overpopulated. Yeah. Right? I, I want to have an overpopulated heart right? <laughs> with people, yeah. but all kinds of people in me. Right? And then, but as I do so, I say, Lord, who needs me? Mm-hmm. You've put people in my life. You put people in my heart. Who needs me? And I started seeing some things in Caleb and doing some stuff, not bad stuff, just growing stuff. And then the Lord talked to me just this last week. And he said, he's, he said he's uh, afraid that he's not like you. And he doesn't want to hurt your feelings mm-hmm. by being different than you. Mm-hmm. And, and instantly when God says stuff like that, he paints pictures to me and I know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I happened to have a day off last week. And so I looked up and I said, okay, I, said, I, know, I know exactly what I need to do. So I pick him up, scoop him up. He goes, helps me on a little side gig. And then I take him down because if you know Caleb, he's all about Asian culture. But what, but what Caleb didn't know is that God put a whole nation inside of me that I haven't seen yet. He did it at Bible school in 2000 and we're praying and we're getting ready to go into the world. And God puts a nation in me. A whole country. And it just... and. God's a stinker. Did you know that? And he'll drop something on the inside of you and just leave it there. Won't tell you nothing. I mean, (laughs) you know, and he drops this thing on the inside of me. And I'm like, whoa, okay. And what do I do with that? In silence. It just, it's just, it just sits. 25 years. years. 25 years. No, is it? But no, he puts, and I'll tell you, I mean, he put the nation of Japan on the inside of my life. And it's been with me since for 21 years. It was, it was the motivator of doing a whole year of extra study at Bible college. Right? We had to go spend a whole month in another nation, and I thought for sure it was Japan, but there was nobody that'd take us. We, we knew nobody, so as close as I could get was the nation of Thailand. That's literally as close geographically as I could get. Because there was only people who would receive us for a month and train us and teach us. And I thought, okay, God, I, I, and, I'm th- and, it just, and it just sits there. Right? And I've come to learn that sometimes as, as a father, as a leader, God puts something in you that you may never see in your lifetime. 
then one day your son all of a sudden has this heart for a country he doesn't even know you've prayed for in the middle of the night. And sometimes you have to realize that God puts stuff in you and it's not for you. It just, you incubate it. And you get to put it spiritually into the heart of other people. Like David and Solomon. Like David and Solomon. There'll be temples I'll never build. Mm -hmm. There'll be things I'll never plan. I've seen them though. I've seen them already as clear as if I could stand there physically. I've seen them. Right? We prayed again. And she's not here too, but I'll, I'm ratting out all my kids and stuff. <laughs> but remember we prayed, uh, and it was Steve and Rosie, and they came, and they prayed over Savannah. Those of you remember that? And they prayed, and there was this. And as strong as I've ever heard anything in my life, the Lord said the same thing. And I know there's other nations. And he says, there's nations you've prayed for your eyes will never see, but her feet will walk on them. And so I tend things in my heart that I'll never see with my eyes. But they're not for me. They're for people that are in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I tend them on the front end mm -hmm. so they can be imparted into them from my heart. Because I have to impart my soul mm -hmm. as much as the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? And Paul says we were well pleased. We were well pleased to impart not just the word of God into you, but our very soul we poured into you. He tells the Corinthians, just so you know, he did, Paul didn't play favorites, right? At the end of, I think, 2 Corinthians, and you can go home and find the verse. I don't remember the address, but he tells the Corinthian church, he says, we will gladly spend and be spent for you, even though you don't know how to appreciate it. Oh, some of you right there. Yes. <laughs> Paul says, Paul says, I will gladly, I will gladly spend and be spent for you. Even though you don't know what to do with that yet. See, that's imparting your soul. Who are the people that you would gladly spend and be spent for? Even though... They don't know what to do with that yet. They don't know how to value that yet. They don't know how to appreciate that yet. They, they, they don't know how to say thank you yet. They, they may not learn how to say thank you until you've gone on to home. Mm -hmm. And later, after you're gone, they'll say, oh, wow. Wow, 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 Brad, Brad did that in me. And they'll wish they could say thank you. And you want to know what to do when you do that? Can I just, now this is a Bradology, okay? This is a complete, I can't prove it in scripture, but you can't disprove it. Right? <laughs> right? But God says he is, he is connected, we're connected, and we are one spirit with him. Right? So I know there are people, I'll tell you this, it's, it's, it's Brother Mike and Pastor Allen. I do this a lot in my own time with him. Right? And I'll sit there and I'll say, I say, Jesus... I did, I did this. Lord Jesus, tell Pastor Allen thank you. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know how to appreciate all that he did. But thank you. Tell him I, I miss his texts. Appreciate what he did. Appreciate all he said. Thank, just tell him thank you. Mm -hmm. He's with you, and you're with me, and you're a faithful messenger. Mm -hmm. So just pass on a message for me. And I believe that Jesus does that. That's me. 
That's a Bradology. I think Jesus, when I do that, Jesus will saddle up next to him and he'll nudge him and say, hey, Brad says thanks. Mm -hmm. And he passes on the message. Mm -hmm. Right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Amen? Because I, anyway, I can tell you other scripture on that, but I'll just leave that right there. Second Corinthians, if y'all want to do that. Thank you, Audrey. Second Corinthians. Mm. Man, 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 man. Second Corinthians 12. What'd you say, verse 15? Man. Look at this. I'm going to back up to verse 14. Paul says, now for the third time. I love that. You know, Paul went to the Corinthians three times. They actually say there's a missing letter of Paul's Mm -hmm. that he intimates in the first two Corinthians that there was a third letter that somehow got lost to history. I just say that just meant it wasn't supposed to be with us, but he says for the third time, I am ready to come to you and I will not be burdensome to you. Can you just say that? Say, I will not be burdensome to you. Can can I just, how do we do this? How do you connect? Do y'all hear God's giving us little tidbits to pick up? Don't be a burden. Now, some of that is, we know what that means. Don't be aggravating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love this. I, I, I don't know if this is, if y'all heard this, it's my new Jasper phrase. I'm learning Jasper. I'm learning how to speak Jasper. I'm learning how to speak Walker County. Where's all my Walker County people? <laughs> I'm learning how to speak Walker County, right? And all Walker County people over there. And I, I love this one. It's a new one. I've used it a lot. And, and, and so is, is they'll say like this. They'll say, well, you know, so-and-so, they're a little extra. Is that just, I had never heard that before till I went to Jasper. Anybody else heard that before? Is that outside of, but y'all from Walker County, y'all know that, right? <laughs> right. But I love that phrase, right? They say, oh, and we'll be talking and they'll be, oh, so-and-so, they're a little extra. I bet you people say that about me a lot. Yeah, I bet you people probably say that about me a lot. Oh, that Brad, he's a little extra, right? Don't be extra. That's what Paul was saying here. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to be extra for you, right? Extra touchy, extra sensitive, extra annoying. Everybody shake your head. Just just shake your head. Just shake your head. Just look straight ahead. Just look straight ahead and say, amen. Amen. Or or as brother, how you say, or just say, oh me. I'm not going to be right because, man, Holy Ghost, why are you doing that? Okay. So you understand in our old, I encourage everybody, if you haven't before, uh, take a missions trip and get outside of our country just as fast as you can. If you've never been before, right? If you've never been overseas, if you've never lived somewhere else, and if you can, like, I mean, some of us, as we get jobs and stuff, you might only be able to go for a week or two. Do it. It's worth the vacation time. Mm-hmm. Don't go to Disney World one year. Just go. Go, go to the middle of nowhere in, in a third world country. Mm-hmm. Right? I really do. If I, could, if I could wave a magic governmental wand and go and exert my will upon the nation, I would make it required before you graduated high school mm-hmm. that we drop you off in the middle of Peru, Mexico, or Guatemala for three months. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Minimal. Minimal. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If, if you're able to go longer, if you're able to swing it longer, and the reason why is you can put up with anything 
for a week or two. And it doesn't get that aggravating. Right. But once you get past month one Mm -hmm. and you realize there's no Wi-Fi. Or hot water. Or hot water. Right. Are you, are, you, are you realize, I mean, you get past some stuff and you go all of a sudden. But here's the thing. Used to, in our country, we had this built in. Used to, before Burger King made it popular, you realized you didn't always get it your way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You realize that? I mean, do you realize we live now in a culture. I mean, the fact that Burger King, that's their slogan. What's the slogan of Burger King? Have it your way. That's a, that's a whole slogan. Do you understand that robs you of the freedom of yourself mm. and feeds self-centeredness? Yes, it does. Because sometimes you need to experience that I don't get to have it my way. Mm-hmm. How many of you know that God doesn't get to have it his way? Oh, my goodness. Mind blown. You understand that, don't you? God says it was his will that all men should come to repentance. How many of you know God's not having it his way? Nope. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I understand that. Many of us are handing God the cheeseburger and it's got all the wrong condiments on it. <laughs> right? It's not please. <laughs> I don't even, if God's like, I don't like mustard. I don't like onions. I don't like pickles. I don't like, I'll take what you He'll take with you. Mm-hmm. Old Rolling Stone song uh, that my kids, my older kids, truly, truly hate. And it's called "You Can't Always Get What You Want." Can't. And we always. sing that song a lot at our house. That's right. Always, always get, get what you want. They go, "Don't sing that again." Don't get me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear that. That's true. But hey, listen. Do you understand? And there was some neat stuff inside of living in cultures. You know. And by the way, I make joke that makes a horrible wedding song. You know. Think things you play at the beginning of a wedding, you can't always do. <laughs> but it <laughs> makes a horrible wedding. But anyway, it gets, <laughs> gets some levity in there. In the range marriage, that's what it. But is. Uh, <laughs> but um, but listen, you know there was things in life that used to. Back to what Kurt was saying, there was things in life that used to teach us things. That just happened in the fabric of day to day. You just knew back in the day. I mean, even when I was small enough to be a kid, there was still, you know, we're getting glimpses of that now. I mean, daggum, it's taken us forever to get coffee cups for this place. Mm-hmm. How many times I've gone into Publix and that, that aisle, that shelf is empty. Mm-hmm. You can't always get <laughs> what you want. Right? We had that with toilet paper a year or so ago, Right? Right, some of that we've had that with other things. So we're starting to experience, but used to that used to be in the fabric of culture, and it was really quite helpful because it was kind of um, outside of us imposed death of self centeredness. Mm-hmm. But now we've lived in such a time where you can have it your way, right? You can get it your way, mm-hmm. and, and, and you won't really enjoy people yeah. if you have a Burger King mentality. We've become addicted to self. Well, we've come become so addicted that now we have to realize this, you know, and man, this is, I don't know what time it is. We'll land the plane here in a second. And hopefully this is helpful. Um, but um, is 
I've found it interesting now when, uh, and so I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to set you up. This is a trick question. Please play along. At least I'm nice enough to tell you it's a trick question. So define for me a good friend. What does a good friend look like? Well, that's good. Now you're being all nice and churchy. Now, come on, be, be, that's a good church. Someone loves you when you're unlovely. I agree. Biblical good friend. I'm talking about if I walked up to you and said, how do you know so-and-so is going to be your friend? Huh? It's all, well, that's, you're still being all churchified. You're still being nice. Just to, they're like you. Oh, I know. How many of you had this happen? Oh, we've had this happen so many times. Oh, Selena, Selena, Selena. You're just going to love so-and-so and Brad and her husband, so-and-so. You're going Because y'all are so much. And normally when I hear that, I go, woo, 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 Because every time that's happened, it's a train wreck waiting to happen. Right? Now, please bear with me. I'm going somewhere. Right? Here's the thing. Um, your greatest opportunities for depth in relationship are with beings that are not at all like you. Stand up, please say. Turn around and face her lovely face. How, how different from me is she? And everybody shakes her and says, very. How many think she's much better looking than I am? Everybody does this. Very, very, very. very, very. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Very, very. How many of you know know that men and women differences, how different is that? Very. Right. How many of you know her well enough, our personalities are quite opposite from each other? Yeah, very. How many of you, yeah, and I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit. How many of you, you love Brad. You're kind of scared of Selena, and it's okay. <laughs> it's a very, <laughs> right? Because the thing about my wife, my wife can be an intimidating, she doesn't mean to be, but she can be an intimidating soul, right? She can do it. But how many of this is different? But how many of you know that this is the closest person on planet Earth to me? Amen. As it's supposed to be. And God says, when you understand this image, mm-hmm. you'll understand the depth of all centered and centering relationships. Mm-hmm. Because if all I do is hang out with people who are just like me, right, then I'll use a str- shot. Then in a, in a degree, I'm a, a, a interesting version of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Because all I can do is love somebody like me. Mm-hmm. I can only hang out with somebody like me. Mm-hmm. As long as they have all of my own interests, then I can be their buddy. Mm-hmm. As long as they are like I am and they, get, how many, and they just get me. Mm-hmm. Now, please hear me. I, I, know that I know I'm pushing my example. So please, we're going to swing the pendulum back to the middle road. It's okay for people to get you. But if all I do is hang out with people who just get Brad, I'm just hanging out with Brad. Mm-hmm. I need somebody to hang out with. They go, what? <laughs> right? Like you said, I'll say, right? You know, you know I, I'll jokingly, one of my, my off-colored little sayings that I'll get to learn, you know, many times I, I'll talk about WTF, you know, what the faith, right? <laughs> right? And, so, and, so, and sometimes... Right, and sometimes I need people to to look at Brad and go, "What the faith?" Right? Where are you getting that from the Bible? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Where are you getting that from the Spirit of God? Mm-hmm. Where are you getting, I need somebody to check me mm-hmm. and put me up and go, what, what makes you think you can do that? Mm-hmm. Hello, come on, are you with me? Yeah. Amen. But if all I'm doing is running around with people, you know, Brad, that's, that's, that's right, Brad. That's just right. That's right. If only people understood us better. <laughs> now, sometimes what we need is somebody to say, kind of do the RCA dog thing. <laughs> and and when, when I'm acting a fool and Brad and Brad and, and the challenge is is when you're nice like me come on now and you're all nice and polite and personable and everybody's and you still need somebody that goes Brad are you sure nicely no. and they'll be not does this make sense because because the point is and and we'll land the plane here and I got to find that place in Philippians because what does this look like? And, and I hope you've been picking the pieces up that the Lord has been dropping for us. Right? Uh, all through the day, don't be burdensome. Be willing to sow your soul. Right? Because even that word lives, when it says we imparted our very life unto you, it's the word suke in the Greek language, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, your, opinion, your opinions, your passions, your desires. Paul said, make sure you sow bread as well. So sometimes I need to sow me into people who aren't like me. And I need them to sow themselves into me that aren't like me. Does that make sense? There's things, for example, one of the most memorable two events in our married life. And I'll, this is story time with Brad and Selena. Is, stuff, is we lived in, many of you know, we lived in the nation of Mexico for four years. And I'm so grateful for my wife because I went, and it was the coolest thing ever. We went and saw Swan Lake. At a, at a ballet at a place called Chapultepec Park. Now, to paint the picture, Chapultepec Park is basically the central park of Mexico City. So take New York Central Park. This is its version. But in the middle of Chapultepec Park is Chapultepec Lake, and it sits under Chapultepec Castle, which has its own long story I can bore you with later. But when we go once a year in the spring, and I'll be coming up doing it here soon, the, the National Ballet does Swan Lake on the lake because they actually have built a plexiglass stage that they shove out into the lake and sink it. So when they're dancing as the swans, it looks like they're walking on water. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And they light up the castle and there's real horror. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, I'd have never done that if I married somebody that just liked fishing. <laughs> Right? If I had not married somebody as different than me than me, I would have never have gone and exp- ever have gone. So, so that's why sometimes what you need to do, is, is, and we need to get back to this, because how many of you know, again, coming back to that self-centered thing, right? It, it, it's like, you know, you say, well, hey, let's go over here to XYZ restaurant. Oh, I don't like that place. Mm. So you can't like eat nothing from that place, like water. You can't even, you can't try. You can't, no, I just, I don't like that place. Right? Some of the stuff we, this is trained in us, right? Because we like to have it our way. Well, as long as you're going to my restaurant where I like their stuff, then I'll go eat with you. I want us to, when those things happen, I want us to out loud here in our hearts. Right? Big buzzer going off. Nope, that's not Jesus-like. 
Guys, can you... How many of you know, I mean, I mean, I know this is a little extreme. I know the words of Jesus and that he was glad to be here. But can you imagine what Jesus left to come be with us? My goodness. <laughs> the very presence of God. Streets of gold. Yeah. Alabaster. Well, I mean, I mean, and Jesus said, oh, I'll come do 33 years down here with you. And I can't go do 33 minutes at a place that I don't like. Come on. I'm just being honest. Does that make sense? I can't. We've got to stop. Right? Because there's so much depth at stake. Does that make sense? But here we go. So what does this look like? Last thoughts and then I'll be quiet. Maybe. There. It says chapter 2 of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Paul says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy. Now, let me just go back. Let's ask those this question. Is there consolation in Christ? Yes. Everybody say yes. yes. Right? Right. Is there fellowship of the Spirit? Yes. 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 Is there affection and mercy? Then Paul says, fulfill my joy. How many of you would like to have more joy in your life? Amen. Yes. Amen. How many of you, you've heard that? Lord, just more joy. Lord. More joy. Right? Notice what Paul's about to say. So fulfill my joy. How would you like to have your joy fulfilled? Amen. Then pay attention to the next verses. And he's about to tell you how you fulfill your joy. He says, be like-minded. <laughs> uh-huh. You could be like-minded in, towards Christ. Yeah, so it's, it's not... It's, it's putting your... What's alike in... Perspective. perspective. Yes. Now, he's not saying be clones. He's not saying be robots of one another. It actually defines it. It says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love. Having the same love. That's the definition of... Notice, being of one accord... Of one mind. Here, so having the same love, being in one accord, and that's, a, I gotta throw out the great pastor, that's not the Honda. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, but you know, the disciples were all in one accord. Anyway, so uh, that's what they drove. So. Pastor joke, gotta throw it out there. But um, anyway, so, but it thinks symphony. How different are all the instruments in a symphony or in a band? They're different, but can they be in one accord? Yeah. Right? They can be in harmony with one another. Yes. They can be unique. It's really hard to have good music if there's only one, one instrument. Or a ton of the same instrument. Yeah. 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 It just sounds weird. Yeah. Well, it's like going, like, if we get and went to the symphony and it was all pianos. Mm-mm. Here's our symphony of pianos. Well, you don't have a symphony, you just have a whole lot of pianos. Yeah. Right? And many times in our life, that's what we have. So the idea is, is not that we're all clones, not that we're all carbon copies, not that, but we are all in harmony with one another. Right? We are all in one accord. We are of one mind, which means like this, we are of one mind set. Can, can I just meddle just a little bit further? Is y'all, y'all love me enough and not walk out just meddle? Just to, the biggest example I know of this is child training. Raising children. How many of you know there's about 17,000 different opinions 
about how we're supposed to raise our kids. Right? And then we come into church and you try to unify people around the word of God and the basic parameters and principles of scripture. And like Brother Hagin taught us, he says, there's only two things that make people really mad. It's when you talk about their money and you talk about their kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to you tick some church folk off? Talk about their money and then talk about their kids. And so what happens is, is we very mildly talk about money and we never hardly talk about kids, mm-hmm. right? Because we can't get into one mind about it. Imagine, if you will, if our children here at this church, if every adult in their church family, which should be one of their principal sources of relationship, I'll give you that too. What if, they all, if we were all in one mind mm-hmm. about what it looked like to be a godly young man, mm-hmm. a godly young woman, what it looked like about development of their soul? What it looked like about development of their character. What it looked like. I mean, I remember up in the day, I know some of my older people. How many of you remember in a day when anybody could whip you? Y'all remember that day? Yes. I remember that day. I, remember, I mean, I remember you had to check, right? Uh, because somebody had snatched you up by the arm and the windmill would start. And, and, and you looked up to see who was administering the thing because you kind of knew what to expect, Right. Because if you looked up and you thought, oh, this is a stranger. It, it, I remember my uncle did that to me. And you thought, okay, well, that normally was kind of, if you looked up, it was your mama, you knew you were toast right there. Because you're back to long suffering like we talked about before. Because she'd go around a few extra turns just to make sure the point went home. But if a stranger grabbed you, you knew it was a little bit. But I remember the day when it was universally understood that there were certain behaviors that just weren't right. Yes. And if you acted a fool... Anybody might snatch you up and put a knot on your head, as we'd say, mm-hmm. and say, son, don't do that. We don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's being one-minded. Yeah. Right now, you want to know why we have such problems and turmoils in our family? It's because we're not one-minded. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, well, some yeah. people might sue you, but it's all this other. But Jesus said, a house divided against itself shall fall. And what he's talking about is if, if, if you're not in one mind, mm-hmm. right? Does that, y'all look at me kind of funny now. Again, I'm going to go back over and be nice. I'm starting <laughs> to see what all these people are talking about. You can't talk about I'm hiding behind the word right here, right? Does that make sense? But, we gotta, but imagine, if you will, I've said that for a long time. I said that to all of, my, um, all of my children about one day when they have kids. I say it as much as I can to my brothers-in-laws and my sisters-in-laws. And my nieces and my nephews, I said, just imagine if every key adult in this young person's life, if we were of one mind about what it looked like to grow a godly young man or a godly young woman, then, then they would walk in and they would just know. They would walk up and they would know because children are a little, they're like sharks, except in the psychological, they can smell blood in the water. <laughs> they, they can smell who's weaker. They can smell the division. And if they sit there and they think, well, oh, well, daddy's kind of like this, but I can get away with this with mama, then they're going to come saddling up next to mama or vice versa, right? They're going to come kind of sliding up. But if everybody was unified and they looked around and they're like going, I can't get past either one of these people. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how well your house is, right? Imagine if you took that to grandparents. Mm 
Now, I know I just crossed a line. Imagine if you took that. Imagine if grandparents got on board and were of one mind with young parents and the, and the children knew I can't even snow mama, grandmama and granddaddy. Then imagine they give you candy, but see. And, and that's what I'm talking about. But imagine, uh, imagine, does this make sense? That's what we're meaning by one mind. If you were of one mind, imagine if we all, just imagine, just imagine if we all, I agree, Miss Elvis, but you're going to have to go, you're disappointed. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? But just, just for the sake of time, that imagine, just play like, yeah, that's right, play like, imagine. Let's just pretend what it would look like if we actually all agreed on this. If we actually all just took the word of God for what God said it was. And we all unified our lives together around this. And then I had people who would come up and they'd nudge me. And I'm thankful for men who do that with me. And they'll nudge me and they'll say, that's not in the Bible. What you just did there is not in the word. That attitude's not there. That way of thought's not there. What you just said is not in the Bible. That mindset's not there. I'm just checking. I love you. Love you too much to not let you get beyond that. Right? I'm telling Tony Tykemiller, he did that to me. I apologized about yammering on one Sunday here at church because I felt like I kept y'all too long. And he got me lovingly up and said, don't you ever say that ever again. Remember that? Don't you ever. You were not yammering. You were talking to us. As our pastor, I don't yeah. ever want to hear you say that again. Mm-hmm. And I stood back. I said, yes, sir. Be glad to thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I need that. Does that make sense? We need that. Mm-hmm. But imagine if we were unified. Not clones, but unified. Mm-hmm. This is the court of higher opinion. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is where we take all of our thoughts. And, and if, they, if they withstand the scrutiny of the court of higher opinion, then I'm free to live them. But if they do not withstand the court of higher opinion, then I must execute judgment upon that thought and either correct it or kill it. Does that make sense? Now, I even got there. So I'm sorry. I got to let nothing be done. I love this. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem them, the others better than themselves. And let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Isn't that cool? That's what this, what is this? this is what this looks like. This is what this looks like. Hmm. And I wish I could. I got to let you go here for time's sake. Man, where is that other one? But there's still one more that was here. Oh, thank you. You know, isn't it nice to listen to God? He's awesome. Go to Ephesians. Paul's talking again. Been trying to remember where this verse was all morning because of what this means. Ephesians chapter 4. Oh, there it is. Thank you, Jesus. It says in chapter 4, verse 1. Ephesians, Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called with lowliness and gentleness. And here's the word again, with a long spirit, with long suffering. I want you to walk 
with long suffering. Now here's, what does that mean? Long suffering. Next phrase, bearing with one another in love. Everybody say this, put up with. That's what bearing one another. That's a, that's a nice way <laughs> to say putting up with. Paul says, I need you to bear with one another. What does that mean? I'm going to put up with you. I know. You know, Miss Eloise, you're going to have to do that with me. I think I appreciate that. I know you can. I pre- but I love that. But listen to me. But again, y'all hear me? This is the kind of stuff. This is what gets us in trouble is we forget that. We forget that as we get close to people, as we sow our life into people, that we're going to have to put up with them. Because they're walking, remember we said earlier, even at the very beginning of this message, because they're walking through the middle of their mess too. Right? All of us, I'm trying to be as funny as I can because that was a heavy message. All, all of us got hip waders on. Because the compost is deep in everybody's life, right? We all, all of us have got rubber boots on. All of us are walking through the cow pies of each other's own making together, uh-huh. right? And, and that just means as we give our lives and we sow into each other, um, you're going to have to put up with my compost because I got some. I'm going to have to put up with your compost because you got some. Paul says, hey, listen, bear with one another. Put up with each other. And then if, it, if that wasn't enough, he continues. I know y'all all know this verse, verse 3. Y'all can probably quote it. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Have you ever heard that before? Yes. Amen. Do you know that, that word endeavoring? I love it. It's my favorite Greek words. It literally means to strain every nerve. That's what that word endeavor means. That sounds all like epic, like Kevin likes them. It's like we're endeavoring, right? We're forging ahead. We're on this epic journey in this quest. No, Paul said, hey, listen, uh, you're going to stand on my, my last nerve. You, you're going to stretch my ever-loving nerve. My mom, used to, my mom used to have that in her office. I have one lo- nerve left. And you're standing on it, right? You remember that, you know, that, that phrase that was there? And that's what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, hey, listen, remember, as you get close, as you do what I've been telling, you're going to push each other's nerves. You're going to strain each other's soul. You're going to pull. You're going to have a soft spot. I'm going to have a soft spot. And we're probably not going to mean to. And you're going to be stepping all over it. And I probably need you to. Because I need to get stronger there. Mm-hmm. I probably need you to pull on that. It's kind of like a, a very short time in my life, I used to do martial arts. I know I don't look like it. <laughs> right? I was Bradley. No, I'm just kidding. But it was, uh, no, not at all. Not at all. I was more like um, Daniel's son before he met Mr. Miyagi. That was, uh, so anyway, but I remember, you know, we'd be doing martial arts and we had to stretch. Because you have to stretch to do that kind of stuff. And, 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 and that was a real epitome of this thing. They're going to strain every nerve. Because they would sit there and say, you're going to do X, Y, Z kick. And they would grab your leg. And they would push you and push you. And you'd be, you'd be there and you'd be crying. And you'd be going, how does it feel? It hurts. <laughs> and they'd go, okay, just a little bit further. Because <laughs> they knew that if we can go a little bit further... You could do a little bit more. 
If I push you a little bit further, when you go to get in that tournament, you won't pop a hamstring. Mm-hmm. I can push you. And, I can, and they pushed you out of love. Mm-hmm. That's what Paul said. Hey, listen, listen. Endeavor. Yeah. Strain every nerve. Now, to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know, you don't have a shot at the unity of the Spirit until your nerve is being stretched. That's what Paul is saying. Hey, listen, you don't actually have a chance of experiencing the unity of Christ, the unity of the Spirit, until your nerve has been strained. Because when your nerve has been strained and you press into God and you go, but no God, this person, this person you have put in my heart, they are in my life. I am for them. They are for me. We have chosen one another. We are walking together. I will not quit. I will not give up on them. I will not turn back on them. They won't do it to me. And right now all they're doing is they're helping me kick stronger. Y'all look at me real fast. They're helping me get, they're helping me towards that black belt. They're, they're helping me. They're helping me. They're pushing me. I'll be better. Guys, I, I've had that. And, and last story, and I promise, like the umpteenth close, I will land on this one because people are standing again. Yeah. Huh? Blanket. Yeah, please bring the blanket in. We're going to pray for the blanket here. Hey, but listen, if I had not done what I have been telling you about, I would have missed two principal relationships in my life. When we moved to Canada, real quick, when we moved to Canada, we had that happen. We can't wait, Brad, Selena, we can't wait for you guys to get up here to Canada because you're going to get to be friends with Ian and Cherilee Smith. And they were talked up and it was awesome. And we got up there and we didn't like the Smiths and the Smiths didn't like us. Right? We looked at each other and he looked at him and I said, I said, brother, you're, you're a two by four. We need to put some nerf on that. Because right now you're beating the crap out of people. Yeah. Right? And he looked at me and said, well, you're weak and soft. And you need to <laughs> stiffen up. And right, and we, and we, and it off was, and off to the races we went for 10 years. We were co-pastors together. We worked together. We did all kinds of stuff together. And talk about this is where I learned. And, and we would rub each other's cats every which way. Right? But at the end of it now, 10 years later... Man, one of the dearest, dearest friends I've got on the planet. One of the dearest people I've got that I would go, I would cross this continent for them. I would do all kinds of stuff for them. Same thing, we we go to start this church and God sends us Dusty and Heather Cornelius. Now, Heather, everybody loves Heather. She's sweet. She's all, but Dusty? But it's extra. Dusty for no. And he would say, but Dusty, Dusty looked up straight up and said, I just don't know if we, I don't know. Yeah. And it I was just, it, it, and we said that too. But man, we've learned and now, man, one of my dearest brothers ever had lunch with him this last week, yeah. looked at him, man, he's still after this. So glad he, he spoke some stuff. He didn't even know. He don't even know Dusty he spoke some stuff into me yeah. that, that took me to another level and what God's got us doing at the bakery. He just thought he was telling a story, but he was imparting his soul unto me. And I took his soul and I imparted it immediately into some other people. Does this make sense? But if I had done what everybody else says, are you kidding? They ain't like me. I ain't like them. We don't like, I mean, we, so I've learned what the, when you allow 
The Spirit to help you bear with people, when you allow the Spirit to help you go through the process of having your nerve strained, what you end up with is you end up forging relationships of the kingdom. You end up forging relationships based on what God said, based on the diversity that is in place. And then God takes great diversity and always from great diversity, God fuses stronger unity like he does in marriage. Right. He fuses always if we'll allow God to take that great diversity. He'll, that's why now I have learned and I appreciate people that I have things in common with. I do. I don't want it to sound like I don't. But I have learned to look around and say, okay, God, where are the ones who are not like me? Where are the ones who are different than me? Because I need them. I need them because I need you to forge some things more in me. So I don't need somebody that's just all strong where I'm strong. I need people who are, who are strong where I'm weak. And I need to give them permission and open doors to say, come on, bring it. Stretch that leg. Stretch that thing in me. Push, that, push the Spirit of God in that area of my life deeper. And, and okay, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to limp with grace. Right? Just like Joseph did or Jacob did. Right? I'm going to wrestle with you. And I'm going to let you help me limp with grace. Right, but I'm gonna but I'm gonna keep wrestling. I'm gonna keep pushing. I'm gonna keep going because you're making me better. You're making me stronger. And together we'll do something for the kingdom of God. I could never have done with a thousand people just like me. Yeah. Right. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Sure. See, this is so I say that all to say this. When God begins to put people in your heart, mm-hmm. when 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 the different ones show up, don't start hitting the edit button. <laughs> right? <laughs> Go, oh thank you, Jesus. This is going to feel good in about 10 years. <laughs> in about 10 years, I'm going to be so much better for them in my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. And Lord, just help me with the Bengay of the Spirit and the Word in the meantime. Amen. Well, Lord, we love you so much. So grateful. So thankful. And right now, if you're here, and, we, and thank you so much, we've gone where we needed to go today. But if you begin to know, if there's people, mm-hmm. and, and, and based on what we've said, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, God, you did put them in my heart. Uh, just go ahead and say, okay, Lord. Say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let them be. I'm going to let them plant the people that are going to help stretch me, the people that are going to help grow me, the people that are going to make me stronger the people that are going to press me and push me, the people that I'm going to have to come back to these verses in Ephesians and go, okay, I'm putting up with them, and man, are they stretching my every nerve. But Lord, thank you for them. Thank you for them. Thank you, thank you, thank you for them. So grateful for them. I receive from them. And then say, okay, Lord, and now help me be that person for others. If I'm the one that's pushing, if I'm the one that's stretching, Lord, help me be gentle. Lord, help me be compassionate. Help me be merciful. Help me not give up. Lord, help me keep showing up and pressing one more time. Because some of you, you're that for another person too. And so you need to accept the privilege of being and, and, and this the visual that came to being almost like a coach in their life and let the Lord help you put more weight on the bar 
even if they fuss and complain, even if they say, no, I can't do it. And just, Lord, help us learn how to wink at them and smile real big and say, you can do it. And put another five pounds on and spot them and help them stretch. Don't let them give up. Don't let them stop. Don't let them quit trying. That's a privilege to be that as much as it is as a privilege to be stretched. So, Lord, whoever that is, whoever that is for us, we say thank you. Lord, for whoever that is, we are for them. Lord, we say thank you. Help us see who that is. Show us who that is. In Jesus' name, amen.